Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Wow, everyone. Oh, I want to so welcome you guys. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Welcome to Transformation Talk Radio. Uh, welcome to Spreaker, iHeart, iTunes. I don't even understand all the different places. Zeno, uh, whatever it is that you're listening to, welcome. It's so great to have you here. Um, if you want to find out more about us, go to the drpatshow.com or go to transformationtalkradio.com. You know, today I, I, I'm really excited, Benny. I'm excited to talk about this topic, you know, this thing about synchronicity. Now, many people call it luck. Uh, many people call it coincidence. Uh, but what is it about my super special guest today, uh, Chris Mackey, that I want to share with all of you? You know, Chris has written a book, Synchronicity. And we've got four copies, by the way, of this to give out. Empower Your Life with the Gift of Coincidence. And as I was reading his book, I was really struck by this. And in his book is a phrase that I had not heard anyone use since my stepmom. And wait till you hear what that is. That is like, right, it's an entire chapter in the book. But, you know, today, let me tell you about Chris, you know, clinical psychologist and fellow of the Australian Psychological Association, 35 years in psychotherapy experience, public, private, mental health settings. And, you know, he is someone, a principal psychologist at Chris Mackey and Associates, private psychology practice. But guess what? He's written this book. Why? Why are you asking yourselves? Because when you're in front of as many people as he's in front of and has seen as many stories, whether we're going to talk about the treatment of trauma or the evaluation of effectiveness in therapy or anxiety or depression or, let, shall we dare say, synchronicity. What? What? Striking coincidences. And, you know, people that really do seek help there are synchronicities, there are coincidences, there are things. I don't know how many times you've said this, but man, I don't know how I found my therapist, but I'm really glad I did. Why? Well, we're going to talk to Chris about that. Synchronicity, empower your life with the gift of coincidence. I love this topic. Chris, it's so good to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Pat, and thanks very much for inviting me on. Let's talk about synchronicity. It has been called many, many things. And the reason I say that is I believe that word has gone through an evolution. I remember in the corporate world, synchronicity and synergy and all those, those kind they became buzzwords for a while. And then there was something weird that went on, I think, in our consciousness, and we sort of stepped out of alignment with it. But to have you talk about it is so brilliant. 
everyone understands exactly when it's happening, but may not know that that's what it is. What is synchronicity from your point of view? And, and what have you seen when people discover that they're in that flow? Well, the main thing about synchronicity is it's about uncanny and meaningful coincidences. Mm. So it relates to coincidences that seem to be more than just coincidences because they're just so striking. They seem so improbable. And also they typically seem meaningful. They seem to uh, either convey that someone's on the right track in what they're doing or it's something which the person can relate to an important issue in their lives or it strikes someone as being very relevant and significant in some way. And that, that alerts us, and often it's a positive experience. But when we're looking at this, right, we're looking at this from every different aspect. Everything from, you know, the synchronicity or an uncanny event in someone's life, where you, well, let's say you're, you meet the love of your life, but now let's talk about it also from having your life path be carved out. Actually, that's what I, I'm really struck by for myself, is it could be as simple as bending down and finding a, a dime, which happens to be worth $2 million, or you know, setting up an entire life path. It, isn't this all-encompassing when we're talking about empowerment, right? Well, well, look, I think it is, and it relates to the notion of destiny. And many people believe in some theme of destiny or there being a, a particular path for ourselves in our lives. And many cultures used to believe in this. The, the Romans referred to it as genius. They didn't mean being very intelligent. They meant something that related to our destiny. The Greeks talked about daemon in terms of destiny. And sometimes it's seen as a bit unfashionable these days to think in terms of destiny because some people think it's superstitious. Uh -huh. But when it boils down to it, many people believe this is very meaningful to themselves, that there does seem to be a path for them in their lives that is the right path for them. Well, in, you know, one of the things that I was really struck by in looking at, at, at the book is the conversation that you have about synchronicity and life path, but also some things that are, you know, we would consider in the paranormal. And, you know, and I want to talk about that because many of us have had these experiences, have had these kinds of connections, um, and, and others perhaps not. But the real question, in, question is, is what is the sort of the you know, the idea behind having synchronistic events in life. Are we uh, being asked to pay attention to direction? Are things already being provided for us? And literally, we're only able to point to one or two or three of them. Yes, well, I, I suppose, um, I think it suggests a few different things. And, and the first is the theme of destiny. And coming back to that, my mm -hmm. grandmother had an expression that Life is like a jigsaw puzzle. The longer you live, the more the jigsaw puzzle pieces fall into place. And I think that's an elegant way of describing the theme and where many people think there's something which is beyond chance. The seeming uh, coincidences that have led them to go in one direction in their life compared to another, many people think that there's a pattern or order to that beyond just random chance. That's one example. 
Mm-hmm. But there's another aspect of it that suggests connection, connection between people in our consciousness. For example, if someone thinks of calling a friend overseas that they haven't had contact with for maybe several years and then they learn that that friend has, uh, has, has just, just been very sick or I heard a case recently of a fellow who felt very out of sorts one day. It was a fellow I was playing golf with last week and he said he felt very out of sorts one day and then that night he had a dream about a friend that he knew had been sick but he didn't know what was happening with that friend. And he, he had this feeling that something had gone wrong and he contacted his, he looked to contact his friend and learnt that his friend had just died. Now that suggests a kind of connection in some ways, you know, like across the world that we have in our awareness. Another example is when we think of calling someone who might be in a different country or we haven't uh, spoken to for quite some time and then they call us just as we're about to ring them. Or we think of someone we haven't seen for years and we run into them in the street and we think, hey, that seems to be more than random chance. There are uh, those kinds of things, like when we think of calling someone and they ring us, it suggests some kind of connection in consciousness. But also if we anticipate an event and then it happens soon afterwards or we have a dream of something improbable and then that happens the next day, that suggests also that there is some kind of paranormal phenomenon that's occurring. It's, it's some kind of premonition that proves to be true. And one of the main things that I wanted to write a book on this subject is because after hearing people's stories after 35 years working as a therapist, I heard these stories so often that I thought there has to be something in this and it's important that people aren't just dismissed as being superstitious or muddle-headed because they believe in this. Many people have so many such experiences that it would be almost fanciful to think that there's no pattern behind it. Well, and, you know, part of this is really interesting because the family culture that I kind of come from is we're quite known for our superstition. <laughs> we really are. Uh, you know, and what does that even mean, you know, to be part of that kind of legacy of superstitions? You know, is there any... Uh, how should I say it? Is there any truth to it? Well, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about how this all ties together and what does it mean when we're thinking about this and our pathway, our pathway to the light. You know, what Chris has done in his book, it's so it's so beautiful the way that you've gone through and explained this to us. Uh, and what we'll do is give a copy of the book uh, away. But most importantly, what is it that chapter in the book that I referred to earlier, a saying that my mom would say all the time. And what does Chris mean by it? Stay tuned, everybody. We'll be right back.
Discover the eight things the elements of prosperity want you to know. Lynn Brown is hosting a life-transforming, soul-expanding evening on April 30th, featuring guest speaker and radio host, Dr. Pat Basili. Lynn was guided to make this a by-donation event for entrance, and all proceeds will be donated towards uplifting the homeless community. For more information and to get tickets, visit eventbrite.com. That's eventbrite.com, and type Lynn Brown in the search. On the cutting edge of the new mainstream, Christine Upchurch is passionate about bringing together science, psychology, and spirituality in a way that can be applied to our everyday lives for true transformation. The Christine Upchurch Show, stellar conversations to illuminate your journey, engages some of the most outstanding visionaries on the planet in lively dialogue to inspire you to become that bright light you're meant to be. Join Christine every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on KKNW, AM 1150, and Transformation Time. Talk Radio. Chris Stainis is a spiritual leader and healer and teaches a course on how you can transform your life through a meditation and healing system that will manifest your spirit's dreams. She manifested the Women of Wisdom Conference, the Women of Wisdom book, and this radio show. And she can show you how to change your life, too. Are you ready? Visit the website and contact her at VoicesOfWomenToday.com. That's VoicesOfWomenToday.com. There are so many resources out there for meditation. But did you know that Atana's Heart Earth Healing Meditation is available for you for free? Yes, that's right. You can receive this free healing meditation today from Atana Vadili. All you need to do is visit his website, atanamethod.com. That's A-T-A-A-N-A method.com and sign up. You will receive your free meditation instantly. That's atanamethod.com. Hey everybody, this is Dr. Pat. Many of you have heard me talk about the Lyme disease epidemic going on right now in the world. I want to tell you about my friends at Results RNA. They have now created an entire Lyme support system for immune system support, detoxification, rejuvenation, and neurological healing. Please visit ResultsRNA.com to learn more. And for first-time orders, you'll receive a special 10% discount. All you have to do is type in Dr. Pat at checkout. Francine Vale is a being of light. She believes that all people of planet Earth are as well. As co-host of the Angel Healer radio show, Francine teaches you heart-centered ways to manifest healing on your own behalf and how to integrate love more fully into your daily life. Connect with your angels as you find your life flowing with ease and harmony. Walk the path of light with Francine and Dr. Pat Basili every month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Hey, everyone. I'm so thrilled that Chris Mackey is joining me here today. And what I want to say is we've got four copies of the book to give away. And I would love, I would love to go ahead and give one of those copies away. Because what Chris is doing with us, you know, Chris is taking us on a journey where we get to look at our lives, chance, destiny. Then something we're going to talk about here in a minute, you know, these early signals, what are they? How are we ta- how are we paying attention to them? You know, what is it about this idea of synchronicity that shows up and all of a sudden you're meeting the love of your life and you don't even know how? Maybe you're not even doing it by personally meeting. Maybe it's happened through a third person. I know that's my story. But then 
what happens when all this is happening? How do we tap in to the laws of the universe? How do we do that? How do we learn how to become part of this energy and this flow on a regular basis so that the word coincidence isn't coincidence anymore. You know, it is something that's happening every day. So his book, Synchronicity, Empower Your Life with the Gift of Coincidence, it's just amazing. And I, as I was reading this book, Chris, I so related to these stories and I started to like jot little notes down about how this has happened for me. But for those of you out there, let's do this right now. 1-800-930-2819. We've got four copies, but let's do them one at a time, and we'll do the first caller. 1-800-930-2819. Chris, before we jump ahead, what's the website? What's the best way to get a copy of your book? Okay, so the website is synchronicityunwrapped.com.au. And on that website, there are many blogs about synchronicity and I update different stories of people uh, relating to synchronicity and ways that um, uh, I find it and others find it meaningful. So synchronicityunwrapped.com.au. In terms of getting the book too, well, people can uh, go and ask their local bookstore to get it in. It's also available online from bookstores such as Amazon. Awesome. All right. Um, While Benny is busy fielding calls here, um, you and I were talking and I was really struck by, you know, some of the things in in the book. I mean, everything from when I went back and I read the book and I started to think about my life, everything. People used to take me to the raceway the, the, uh, uh, the, uh, you know, the racetrack horses, horse races. They used to take me to the raceway because what they would say is I would, generally be able to either pick the winner or pick somebody in the top three right now don't really understand that uh didn't really like the races all that much so i didn't do it that often but i started to be called really lucky and so let's talk about what this starts to look like in someone's life because i didn't really pay attention to it the way i do now what is the journey like you know especially in the way you're writing about in the book this level of awareness. Can we learn this? I, I think that there are a number of ways that we can learn this. But uh-huh. first and foremost, the notion is to be open. The idea is to be open to our experience and to be curious. So just by being curious in mind, then we're prepared to notice things that stand out, things that strike us in some way as interesting or different or whatever. I think that you're also describing something else which relates to gratitude. And we know that curiosity helps our well-being, but also so does gratitude. So if we appreciate things that help us in some way, if we notice how a coincidence has benefited us, that's another way of experiencing gratitude. But I think that the deeper thing is tapping into our intuition and I believe in our modern education system, often we're trained not to pay so much to our attention to our intuition. Often we're taught to be very logical and rational in our thinking as though that's everything. But there's some ways that we 
learn or pick up on experiences or notice things that go beyond straight reason and it relates more to tapping into our intuition. And that's one of the themes of the book, to be open to our intuition. If we have an inkling that something might unfold a certain way or if we have a dream about some event occurring or whatever, if we just notice that and allow it to sit at the back of our minds, we don't have to try and uh, you know, force ourselves to notice something. It's more being curious, being open. But if something does strike us as being very unusual or significant, not just dismissing it because it doesn't seem rational, not just dismissing it because uh, of fear of being superstitious, just noticing that and see if there's a pattern that occurs. So I think it's partly curiosity and tapping into our intuition. I want to talk about intuition for a minute because you said something really interesting. You've talked about the fact that we're talking about intuition. We're talking about synchronicity. And I shared a story with you, just one of many yeah. that I can point to, uh, where uh, I dialed the wrong phone number over 13 years ago and I didn't hang up. And within 10 minutes, I bought my first hour of airtime. And then three months right after that, the station here uh, contacted me and they had Monday through Friday five days a week available and I pulled out my credit card and I bought and uh, I bought uh, an additional five hours and I've been doing it for 13 years but I didn't understand why I was doing this Chris and I would love for you to talk about it you know what I knew was that I had a business card that said I wanted to reach a million people to help them live life full out this showed up I'm not a broadcast person I've never studied it I don't understand it and boy when I first started I didn't even know how to go in and out of break, but I knew this was it. Now, here's a challenge question for you. The people around me and pretty soon thereafter, uh, relation, my relationship ended, all sorts of crazy things because here I was taking action that nobody else understood. Have you heard people have that kind of scenario? Yes, and actually many uh, people who've gone in a very creative direction or a, a number of CEOs of companies, for example, relate to that theme. When people have a very different kind of experience to usual, I think often people have a story like that. But I'm very struck by aspects of your story. One thing is in the first instance, it seemed like you had a very deep intuition or awareness that you wanted to connect with a large number of people, this idea of a million people. So yeah. I think that's something in the first place. You already, in a sense, were meditating in a particular direction. You were turning your mindset in a particular direction, and that was going to help you to be ready to pick up an opportunity that came up. And this actually relates to a theme that Carlos Castaneda writes about, when in his stories like Journey to Ixtlan about the warrior Don Juan. And he talked to uh, his student about how to be a warrior. And he explained that one of the differences between a warrior and an ordinary mortal is the warrior will be looking out for their cubic centimetre of chance. That cubic centimetre of chance, the expression he used for this opportunity that might pop out in front of someone and the thing is to be ready to take that opportunity when it arises, to be ready to strike. And so that also ties in with a term called kairos, which means ah. acting in a timely manner. And I hear many people describe stories which combine synchronicity with kairos. 
So you were ready to act at the time. And then when that opportunity that came up, I call that getting a kick, sorry, getting a free kick from the universe. So getting a free kick from the universe is something really uncanny happens at that time. And you see it as an opportunity, which is an uncommon opportunity. And then you strike Mm -hmm. and you, you, you take action. And often people have a very positive feeling around that time. There's a feeling, a compelling feeling of being on the right track. And I call that getting a tick from the universe. And often after an experience like that, people continue to have synchronistic experiences much more frequently than before. And that leads to a very positive feeling. I think it's released, uh, it's associated with the release of the neurotransmitter dopamine in our brains that helps for motivation and pleasure. But what happens often is then people get a number of uh, uh, these ticks from the universe, synchronistic experiences that lead to a sense of conviction. Mm. People often have a very strong conviction that they're on the right track. And many people might say, even family and friends might say, no, uh, look, that's not the right way to be doing things. It's a mistake. Um, You'll regret it later on. But one of the features of this experience is the person knows from deeply within themselves that that is their path. That is their destiny. It's their daemon. It's their genius. Mm. And so the person, when they follow that through, they're doing what, Carl Jung, who coined the term synchronicity, they're doing what Carl Jung referred to as individuation. We're becoming more fully ourselves. And I think that's part of how synchronicity helps. We're tapping into a deeper intuition that helps highlight different aspects about our wishes or our abilities or directions that we want to go in. And when we act on that kind of conviction then I think we tend to feel that our lives are fuller and more complete. Oh, all that is so beautifully said. You know, uh, we're going to take a short break when we come back. You know, I want to talk with uh, uh, Chris about a number of different things, but most importantly, something that I, 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 I don't know if you've talked about this much on air, but I do want to talk with you about this. And it is this idea of positive psychiatry, and in my case, positive psychology. You know, what is it now that he and I can have a conversation about positive psychology, positive psychiatry, even if we say words like bipolar disorder? Because what Chris has discovered in his own personal journey, it may be mind boggling, should we say, for some, but believe me, boy, I'm telling you, we can now say positive psychology and positive psychiatry and not lose our licenses 10 years ago. Maybe not so much. We're going to take a short break. And I'm so, so very, very thrilled to have Chris Mackey joining me here today. You know, an advocate, an advocate for something that he is calling positive psychiatry. Why is that important and what does it have to do with synchronicity? Stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back. of something great my lungs will fill and then deflate they fill with fire exhale desire 
Sky Siegel co-hosts one of today's most popular psychic shows, Angels and Answers, with Artie Hoffman as she communicates healing messages from the spirit world. These messages can be astounding, enlightening, and life-changing. Born with the God-given talent of inner guidance and the amazing ability to heal, Sky has healed thousands of people. Schedule a reading with Sky now. Call 908-500-1474 and visit skyofangels.com. Do you want to achieve your goals? Do you want to strengthen relationships with others? Do you want to improve your financial status? Colette Marie Steffen is partnering with Mark Kettenbach to bring you an energetic upgrade online experience launching in April. Unfold and develop your full potential. Visit energeticupgrade.com today for more information. That's energeticupgrade.com. Put a little in your life with Keys. Keys Clear Protein Waters have 22 grams of smile-making, attitude-adjusting protein in every bottle. Did I mention it's tongue-tingling taste? Not just another guilty pleasure. With Keys, you'll enjoy every low-sugar sip and freedom from gluten, lactose, and GMOs. Who needs the fountain of youth when you can find Keys on Amazon or at Keys, K-E-E-S, please.com. Put a little in your attitude with Keys Protein Water. How would you like increased health and vitality? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural process. Every day we are either moving toward wellness or away from wellness. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. I'd like to be your partner in achieving optimal health. Contact me now at MaryJaneMack.com or call 425-392-0659. Visit MaryJaneMack.com. Hey, Owen, I just heard about this book on the Dr. Pat Show, and these reviews on Amazon are amazing. Oh, yeah? What's the book? It's called Conscious Being by T.J. Woodward. Oh, he's the Awakened Living radio host. Yeah. This book looks like just the guide we've been looking for to really connect and make those conscious changes in our everyday relationships and experiences. I love it. Can we get it on our Kindle apps? Of course. To learn more about Conscious Being and author T.J. Woodward, visit ConsciousBeingBook.com. Do you want the freedom to spend more time with your loved ones? Travel the world? Live spontaneously? Get ready, because the Chip Justice Show is here. Hosts Dr. Pat Basile and Chip Justice can help you build meaningful success while embracing life. Living a life you love is the end game in this new, inspirational, and empowering show. Positive changes for a life you'll love. Tune in every month on TransformationTalkRadio.com and visit PositiveChangeInstitute.co for more information. Wow. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. For more information about me, I'm Dr. Pat. Go to the drpatshow.com. Um, you could also go to transformationtalkradio.com. If you've missed any part of this, this will play later on tonight because I've got Chris Mackey joining me here today. His book is fabulous. We've given one copy away. Uh, you know, L- Linda is brilliant uh, about lining folks up. And, you know, that's what happens when your producer has been your best friend since 1973. They know a bit about you. Uh, but in order to, to, to find out more about Chris, as we said before, 
um, you can go to his website. Chris, tell everybody what the website is again, if you don't mind. Okay, it's um, synchronicityunwrapped.com.au. It has many blogs on it about synchronicity. Yeah, and, you know, you can Google this, get yourself a copy of the book um, as well. And uh, for many of you out there, we said we've got four copies of the book to give away. I would like to go ahead and do that now. 1-800-930-2819. 1-800-930-2819. You know, Chris, thank you for today. I, I would like to follow up on something I said before the break. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't know if you get to talk about this, but you've had your own personal experience with this. You know, you have really been able to really experience what it's like to get into a, you know, to be part of a manic state, how to come out of it. You were astounded by some of the experiences you had, you know, how your life changed. I think you reference it as one of the most productive periods of life. But yes. then that now leads to you becoming an advocate for what we're calling positive psychiatry. Yes. And I wanted to ask you about that because isn't that what you're writing in your book here? I mean, isn't this really sort of a, you know, the, the guidebook to some of this. Well, I hope it is. I hope it provides some examples that lead people to think about how we can apply more optimistic ways of looking at mental health. And when I use the term positive psychiatry, I'll just describe what I mean by that. First of all, there's a field called positive psychology, as you well know, that has developed over the last 15 years to be one of the largest growth fields in psychology. And it's about bringing optimism into uh, mental health and well-being and performance. And rather than, for example, psychologists and others focusing on pathology or where things are going wrong, like focusing on depression and anxiety and symptoms and conditions, also looking at what goes right, what helps people enhance their well-being, what helps people be uh, more positive in outlook, what helps people function better and perform better. So positive psychology looks at things like how we can further develop our optimism and our gratitude and our uh, strengths of character in different ways. It's looking at the positive pole of things. But one thing that strikes me is in the mental health field, the mental health field still is largely influenced by a core discipline of psychiatry. And psychiatry, I believe, is generally very traditional and I think somewhat restricted and limited in its main models and outlook. And one example of this is I think that the main uh, themes and theories in psychiatry tend to be pessimistic. If someone is depressed, for example, they've often been told in the past it's from, some, uh, it's from a genetic basis, it's because there's a biochemical problem, there's a problem in your brain chemistry, and you need medication, this external fix, to be able to address it. And sometimes people are told you, you need to be on that medication for the rest of your life. Now, I should say first, I think many people can benefit from medication in certain situations. My mother had a bipolar disorder and I think she functioned much better with medication. I want to say that first. However, if we look at a whole range of mental health problems and generally assume, for example, that depression is caused by a genetic basis, it's a biochemical problem and people need this external fix, medication to address it, that's a pessimistic explanation because it suggests that there's, first of all, a permanent kind of cause to people's problems. It's genetic. 
There's a pervasive cause to people's problems. It's a biochemical problem which applies in the morning or the evening or when you're in the kitchen or at work or with friends or on your own. It implies it's there throughout the whole time and it requires an external fix. Now, that's by definition a pessimistic explanation. And so I think that we can also look at as depression as potentially going through a challenging experience where maybe the direction we're going in isn't uh, suited to us. We could do with more family supports. Maybe a shift in our outlook can make a difference. Maybe certain events can happen that can lift our mood. And, And there are different ways that we can look at depression and account for it that don't just relate to this genetic problem and needing medication. So that's that's one reason I think that psychiatry needs to become more optimistic in its outlook because its fundamental explanations usually uh, are related to this uh, pessimistic uh, theory that suggests that for all sorts of problems, most of the time, drugs are the answer. The second reason I think that we need to consider the notion of positive psychiatry is the word psyche relates to soul. And I think the soul has gone out of psychiatry and often it's been stripped out of psychology as well. Often the term soul is seen as superstitious. Uh, At times, I know you mentioned in a uh, recent conversation that um, even in psychology programs it might have yeah, been thought yeah. that if people referred to spirituality, that's not okay. It's meant to be unscientific or too superstitious yeah. or whatever. Well, that's rubbish. Clearly many people find spiritual experiences in their life or a spiritual dimension in life to be important. And a spiritual dimension can also relate to themes like who am I at a deepest level? What is life on about? These are spiritual kind of questions. And, for example, someone following their deep intuition to go in one direction in life rather than another because they believe that's their right path or destiny, that's a spiritual notion. It goes beyond what you can explain rationally in psychology. But by the same token, it's consistent with mental health and well-being. Most people I know who do that feel that they've gained greatly by it even if it's been very difficult to do that and there have been changes in their life. So when it comes to my own experience, I've been through two very significant depressions and the first one I recovered from a severe depression without any medication. That was when I was a university student around about 20 years of age. And the second one was when I was in my early 30s. I was about 31, I think. And I went through a very severe depression then and I was on the maximum dose of antidepressants and it wasn't helping much at all. For months, for, for months I was not improving. Then I saw a particular therapist. Actually, he happened to also be a minister of religion in the past, but that didn't come much in, into our interaction in any direct way. I saw him because he was an extra He was an excellent psychodrama therapist. His name was Max Clayton. And in one session, he helped me turn things around. And and I saw him just twice. And that led to a real shift in my outlook. And I realized the extent to which even when people have a very severe depression, things can change. And then in terms of uh, manic experience or bipolar experience, uh, I don't believe I've ever had a bipolar disorder. But 10 years ago, around the time when my mother died, I did have a number of experiences that 
on the surface would look very much like manic behavior. And a number of my friends, including a couple of psychologist friends, interpreted it that way. Not everyone did, including many psychologists I worked with did not interpret it that way, but certainly a number of people did. And certainly at that time, uh, my thinking would have been uh, uh, quicker, more rapid, I would have found. I would have noticed coincidences very much more, which it made it look like I was looking at very insignificant things and thinking that they were significant events that were happening. Uh, I got by on less sleep. I had higher energy levels. Now, at that time 10 years ago, there were some real benefits to me in getting by with less sleep and having higher energy levels. I had some major challenges to face, and I thought, well, wait a minute, without having a bipolar disorder, I might still share some of the genes, some of the genetics of my mother who did have a bipolar disorder, but I thought maybe there are ways of using some of the benefits of those genes without developing a full condition. So maybe I could get by on less sleep, maybe I could benefit from the greater energy and focus that that gave me, maybe the extra creativity in my thinking uh, could be of benefit, and I thought, well, apart from anything else, I'm going to look at this to some extent as an experiment. I'm going to allow this kind of thinking or experience to continue, even though it looks manic to, our, to, to some other people, so long as I experience synchronicity. If I keep on experiencing synchronicity, then I'm going to keep on going with this because I generally believe that synchronicity is a tick from the universe. It suggests you're on the right track in some way, and I'll, I'll do that. So it was like an experiment that went on, and it went on for something like about um, uh, six or eight weeks. And it was through the, the around the time my mother was dying. And at the time, I was developing ideas about positive psychiatry or what that might mean. It was a term I thought could be very meaningful uh, in, in my life and work. And basically, uh, I came up with all sorts of creative ideas and had all sorts of, um, uh, I think, remarkable experiences that I wrote about in my book. And it was only many years later, actually, it's only when researching, uh, writing the book on synchronicity in the last couple of years, I learned that this is a very common theme in different uh, cultures, the notion of psychosis versus satori. Mm. Satori is an enlightenment experience. Psychosis clearly is craziness. It's meant to be this problem of your brain not working properly. And I thought, this is really curious. I'm having this experience that some people would call psychosis, something going terribly wrong. But I'm experiencing this as very helpful. I was getting lots of free kicks from the universe. It's sort of um, uh, you know, a real opportunity came up to, uh, to, to buy uh, two cars, which would seem like a spending spree, but in our family we needed to change a couple of cars. It was the best deal I ever had, and there was some synchronicity that, that came into that. But there were many other things that were happening in terms of um, connections with other people, developing ideas, and I think these things turned out very well. But the key thing is when I no longer had a need for this particular mental state, uh, which, which to me felt like enlightenment, and I know later on it relates to the theme of Satori, a kind of enlightenment experience. I thought, well, I need to switch this off. And all along I thought I could switch it off. I had a, a number of friends and others who were saying, Chris, you need to see, to see a psychiatrist to have some medication because you're clearly manic. 
And I thought, well, I think it's different. I think it's an enlightenment experience, but we'll see. And over the next two days, I was able to switch it off. And there's a lot of synchronicity involved in that. Um, it actually involved focusing on a sunrise one morning. And within this half an hour to an hour of watching the sunrise, I felt I'd come back fully grounded into myself, felt I was back to normal. Now, uh, it was my mother's funeral a day or so after, after that, one or two days after that. And clearly at my mother's funeral, I was completely normal, functioning well, interacting with many people, clearly not manic. Uh, gave a eulogy at my, my mother's funeral that went very well. Um, I know I was connecting well with family members and others. And what struck me is no one said to me, including the, the maybe half a dozen people had suggested that I might have been psychotic. And, and several actually tried to take me to a to a psychiatrist, huh. even though it was against everything I would have believed in. They looked to pressure me to go to a psychiatrist. And there I was a few days later, completely fine, with no medication. And no one said to me, Chris, you seem fine now. What's happened? <laughs> or how could this be? Or, hey, have you secretly taken medication and now you're okay? Or what's going on? It just dropped off everybody's radar. Wow. It's wow. as though nothing happened. And I was absolutely curious about that. How could something happen that was such so contrary to people's view of the world or their paradigm of how things should work, and yet people not show any curiosity about what happened. And I thought, well, this is actually important one day to write about this because how many people go through some kind of enlightenment experience which takes them into a different frame of mind and a different worldview that relates to thousands of years of historical traditions related to enlightenment or processes of enlightenment so they're recognized phenomena that relate to this but how many of those people get diagnosed as being psychotic yeah put into hospitals invalidated yeah treated with medication with all the massive side effects that would have that would make the person appear very different from normal anyway and in turn be further judged as having really lost it or you know, uh, lost their mind or, or, you know, have a terribly deteriorating condition, I think it's important that people are aware of the difference between enlightenment and psychosis and to be aware that these things can present just the same on the surface. And in my book, I try and describe some ways that people can help differentiate the two. But one is... Looking at the person and their own story of their experience, is their experience consistent with their long-term values and their long-term worldview? I talked about synchronicity at that stage for the previous you know, 20 years. Yeah. Many people knew that I had uh, what might have been considered unconventional ideas, even though many people I know now share those ideas. And um, so, so I think that we need to take into account that that person might have a story that fits for them and they might be experiencing a lot of well-being at the time it feels like enlightenment now when there's truly a manic condition that people are going through or people are suffering from a psychiatric condition like bipolar disorder there'll be a number of uh, obvious uh, problems and difficulties resulting from that like people will be going on spending sprees that are clearly unhelpful 
losing lots of money with gambling or whatever, or acting in a very risky way uh, sexually, or the person's acting in a way which is quite inconsistent with their previous um, uh, values or activities. They're not able to get tasks done. Whereas, in fact, I was getting many more tasks done than I normally would be able to. So we ought to have some objective ways of gauging whether the person is still underneath it all being their usual self, whether they're acting consistently with certain goals and values, and whether what they're doing is productive in some way, rather than just thinking, that seems weird, that person seems to be acting differently from how I expect them to act, oh, they must be mentally unwell, oh, they must need medication. I think that's very harmful and that's where I think the field of psychiatry needs to go deeper to be aware of uh, spiritual dimension to life, to explore enlightenment experiences, which surely must be part of our positive well-being and positive mental health. Why do we ignore it? And also question the need for medication in in every in every instance there are times when medication can be extremely helpful i'll emphasize that again but in our practice we've seen over 600 adults with major depressive disorder yes. and the third that we've treated who have not been on any medication at all have recovered just as well and just as quickly as the two-thirds who were given medication at the same time now that doesn't mean that people don't need medication but it means that there must be other things that are often more important than medication and often enough to make a change. But there are many things that we need to take into account that can affect people's mental health and well-being beyond medication. And yeah. I think that psychiatry has been too narrow and limited in its focus yeah. that way. There's no question about it. And the other part of this, and, and let me just say this for those of you out there, I would love to give one more copy of the book away, 1-800-930-2819. What you described to the T, I would say, Chris, you described my mom. And, right. you know, when I'm sitting here listening to you, I've got my little checklist on my paper going. And, you know, I'm, I'm really struck by how long ago that was when she was looked at as depressed or and that really wasn't what was going on you know she was someone that had a clear point of view about life wanted to accomplish some things wanted to be her own woman but you know fast forward to where we are today and that's still that 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 same kind of diagnosis is going on in the world we're living in um and you know whether uh, you know whether we're thinking about it or not you, you know it's really interesting uh, patty duke passed away love patty duke passed away and i saw a clip on tv i think it was yesterday where she said i don't want to be called bipolar i it, she she said this she said mm -hmm. you know i don't want to be called that she said i i what was happening for me was more like manic depressant and mm. she got very clear about her own, you know, uh, what was going on with her. And she objected very seriously to that by to the label bipolar. Um, but not everybody can look at it that way. Not everybody can look and say, wait a minute, maybe that's not me. You know, maybe there's something else going on. Yes. Um, but what the way you've just described this will give people help in that arena. Chris, I want to thank you for today. What a great show. Um, I know that we have a few minutes left. I want to just say before we hop off here, 
please again let folks know how they can get a copy uh, of your book and your website again. Okay, so our website is synchronicityunwrapped.com.au and people can get the book. One of the best ways um, is going to a local bookstore and asking if they can get it in, but it's also available online through online stores like Amazon. And um, uh, yeah, so Secretisty Unwrapped has some information uh, on that, but also many blogs. Beautiful. You know, thank you for today's show. Uh, I wanted to save a couple of minutes because I wanted to have you talk for a minute about your personal message and your vision. You know, your vision, you know, what the book talks about, but also, you know, your vision to creating a new perspective on this conversation. Okay, well, look, actually, I'll, I'll mention one further thing about um, sure. positive psychiatry and genetics. I think that if there are genes that still are in our gene pool that might relate to manic depressive tendencies or dyslexia or um, Asperger's disorder or whatever, there are a number of conditions that people have that might be seen as just a problem, but they often confer some kind of advantage. Like if people have uh, genetics that relate in some ways to uh, manic depressive tendencies, then that means that people might tend to have greater creativity, more energy or focus in certain kind of, kind of ways. If people have dyslexia, then they tend to be very good at seeing a big picture to things or, or telling narrative stories. Many entrepreneurs also have a history of dyslexia. If people have certain mild autistic conditions uh, referred to in the past as Asperger's disorder, they can have very good focus. They can be very good at pursuing facts and persisting with research in certain ways. So in other words, many things that are seen to be a problem have an upside and we ought to consider what the potential upside is rather than just pathologizing uh, 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 people's behavior whenever it, whenever it seems different. So one of my main, um, in terms of my vision, some of my main themes would be to take an optimistic view of, of mental health, to notice what's being developed in the field of positive psychology, which is de developed into a real science of well-being. And there are people now in positive psychology like Ken Parmenter, and people in mainstream psychology like Donald Meikenbaum who are saying we need to pay more attention to spirituality. doesn't have to mean being religious, but paying attention to a spiritual dimension in, in life. So that's one of the things that I'll be on about. But people being open to mm. their intuition and just recognising that the world is changing. I think yeah. the world's going through more of an enlightenment stage. Yeah. There's an example of this. There's a movie called Time is Art which came out last year on the 11th of November. They chose the 11th of November because often people might look at a clock and see the numbers 11, 11. 11, 11. Right. Wow, that comes up so often. And I think that tends to be a sign of spiritual emergence. People are starting to tap into a different dimension and think there's something in it. Well, funnily enough, 11th of November was when that movie premiered, Time is Art. Well, my public book launch in Australia was the 12th of November last year, within a day. So this is about 100 years after Carl Jung uh, came up with the notion of synchronicity yeah. he wrote about. So it's a concept which is timeless and timely. Thank and so you so wrote, much, Chris. 
Thank you. Thank you, Thank Pat. You. Thank Thanks you. very much. Thank you all for tuning us in and turning us on. We'll see you next time. Let's go out and I can be saved. Preceding audio was via a Skype call.